I'm Fernando Ramirez. I cover the Los Angeles Chargers and various other sports for the Sporting Tribune. I also have a podcast called Compas on the Beat, and you guys are listening to Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters. I'm one half your host today, Justin Williams. And you know I'm never alone because of my mommy issues. Today I have the man, the myth, the legend with you, the one that always makes me feel good and sound great on the radio and on the podcast and whatever we do, the guy who knows everything about NFTs. And if you haven't yet, go to our website, prosportspodcasters.com, subscribe for the newsletter, which comes out once a month, and Kobe will tell you how to make money off NFTs. Kobe, how you doing? I wish I could say I'm doing great, but I'm not, man. I tried riding my bike yesterday. Mm. I felt ambitious. Yeah. The Achilles did not let me. <laughs> I am I am not there yet. I watched AGT recently. There was a comedian on. He's got a torn Achilles, so I felt some kinship there. And also, Jamal Hill tore his Achilles. So, we got a club going on. Kobe, you're a trendsetter is what you are. That's right. I feel like you guys should have a bowling league just called, like, the Hillies. <laughs> <laughs> where nobody actually goes down in proper form and <laughs> they all just like granny shoot it. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to ask our friend who's on today. This man writes for the sports tribune. He has a podcast, which I'm gringo as fuck. So if I mess this up for the love of God, forgive me. Uh, it's compass on the beat. And this man, his name is Fernando Ramirez. Fernando, how you doing? Hey, yeah, no, thank you guys for having me on. And you actually did a, a good job there. So Definitely, uh, definitely interesting uh, that you got it right because most people, some people get it wrong. Some people ask me about it, and I'm like, "Yeah, I think I know the name of my own podcast." So, uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you again for having me on. I didn't know about the mommy issues though. Are you good? All good with that? Yeah, you know, my therapist after she uh, quits drinking, she said she's going to take me back on again. So hopefully, yeah. it'll be. Hopefully, I can help her. I mean, so Matt- do you date older women? Then is that your thing? Uh, older women and women with kids, typically. Yes. There you go. All right. Yeah. He's They're barely there. a millennial, so everyone's older. Right? <laughs> everyone's older. Yes, I'm. I'm a. You were the kid that would probably yell at a teacher and be like, "Okay, mom. Oh my god, I'm so sorry." Like <laughs> I, in front of the whole class. <laughs> there is one time I'm not gonna lie. I must have been grade six, maybe five. The phone was ringing, like the landline phone, and I just whipped around. I'm like, "Mom, get the phone," and like just instinctively. <laughs> That's hilarious. It was not good. Anyways, enough about me and my psychological deep depression trauma issues. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get to be doing what you're doing? So basically, I mean, coming out of high school, didn't really have a path, didn't know what I wanted to do. I I decided instead of going to a four-year, I went to community college, kind of trying to find myself, see what I wanted to do, see what I wanted to be. And it's funny because I tell kids, I I tell like when I 
get asked to speak at schools and stuff. I'm like, hey, honestly, those college fairs, you never know what you're going to get out of those. And the college fairs, the job fairs, all that stuff. Because I went up to one and uh, this guy, this, I think they were from, I, I can't remember. I think they were from SDSU. It was about journalism and everything. And I was like, whoa, like I watch all that stuff. Like I watch Cold Pizza that turned into First Take. I watch uh, all those shows on ESPN, NFL Network. Like, why can't I do that? So I ended up uh, going to uh, transferring to Long Beach. Uh, I got my degree there. And then, um, but while I was in community college, I started interning uh, with the Chargers Spanish radio broadcast team. Really ended up liking what I was doing. So I continued doing it. And once I graduated from college, I got a job with NBC in San Diego. And uh, they still kind of cover the Chargers. So I would be doing that while also doing Padre stuff, some other stuff, and then slowly but surely just climbing uh, the ladder. But, but yeah, I mean, I even went back to school two years later and got my master's in uh, sports management because you never know, but uh, that kind of interests me a lot, the different aspects of sports. I mean, everybody thinks that you can only be a coach, journalist, or a player, and it's like, no, like there's so much behind the scenes, so much other stuff that you can do with it that I was like, oh, you know what? You never know what will interest me because I'm not one of these people that like I want to do this for the rest of my life. No, I know I don't want to. I might want to transition and do something else later down the line, so I'm like, why not already have the tools to do it? So I ended up getting my master's uh, in sports management. So, yeah, that's basically how I got to this point. You basically just told Kobe and I that we're very underqualified to be talking to you right now. That's, that's no, I- no, 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 there's no, no, there's, there's never that. I mean, honestly, like I'll, I'll honestly speak to anybody. I'm willing to do that because I know how hard it was when I was growing up. I know how hard it was. And, and uh, in college, I remember I reached out to a couple of athletes. They all blew me off and stuff like that. Or, or I mean, journalists, my bad, because I wanted to get a lay of the land and stuff and people would blow me off. So I'm like, you know what? I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to blow anybody off because uh, you never know who you're going to inspire or who you're going to help. So um, I'm willing to, to do that. I mean, a, a couple of years, I think it was two years ago. This kid, he was in a freshman at, I think it was Cornell, and he's like, hey, I have a podcast. Are you willing to jump on and talk about the draft? I'm like, yeah, dude, I'll jump on. He's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm honestly, uh, I'm willing to jump on and, and do that as, as long as, obviously, it's uh, everything's professional or everything's cool. I'm cool with it. So, uh, definitely, uh, I'm always willing to jump on um, and uh, talk with whoever whoever invites me or whoever needs it. So, yeah. I love you said professional and we discussed mommy issues like three seconds into this. Hey, that's professional. <laughs> you have something that ails you that uh, you need fixed. And obviously we uh, you're going to get to the bottom of that one day down the road. I'm pulling for you. So once you, when you start making bracelets like Lance Armstrong, you let me know. I'll take a bracelet. Fernando, you're amazing. Kobe. <laughs> yeah, Justin, you wouldn't blow anyone off. You jump right on, wouldn't you? Oh, I jump on and ride it 100%, making sure that I take him to success to the land of the milk and Cummings. It'd be a great time. Okay. Okay. Why am I thinking of David Portnoy right now going, kid show, kid show? (laughs) Oh, we are not a kid show. That is is a fact. Yeah, no. (laughs) Adult kids, maybe. (laughs) Which is what we are. Our new slogan for next season. 
Hey, honestly, I'm like that too. I mean, I still, I'm, I go, uh, sometimes like my mom will be like, Hey, go, come to the grocery store with me. So my brother and I will go, we're still play fighting inside of a Walmart and stuff, <laughs> shoving each other. And like, we go and grab like the dodgeballs, we throw them at each other. So I, I know what you guys are. I know what you guys mean. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's, let's get into it with some all LA chargers talk here. Let's get, let's get right into it. So uh, first of all, are you sure the mommy issues are pretty important? Are you sure you don't <laughs> want to continue with that? Oh, well, we'll discuss that after. <laughs> After the fact, we'll leave that one for off air. But we'll we'll begin with: Do you think the LA Chargers should pay Austin Eckler? Honestly, <laughs> it, it, it's tough just because you know that at a certain point, a running back hits a decline, and it's right before he's uh, he's thirty years old. Austin Eckler's twenty eight, almost twenty nine years old, so he's getting up there in age. I mean, if if he had a great year this year and they wanted to maybe uh, franchise tag him next year or, or do something with him in that sense, I would get it. But a long-term contract just doesn't equate. Why? Because your offense is going to change this year. I mean, I don't think people are seeing that aspect of it. This offense is going to be different. I know that the Chargers ran the ball uh, a lot with Austin, but at one point, Joshua Kelly, Isaiah Spiller, and uh, Larry Roundtree, one of those guys has to catch fire and kind of start moving it along. I mean, look at what Kansas City did last year. They had Isaiah Pacheco. They had uh, Jared McKinnon, and they didn't even, not, not even their first-round draft pick, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, was the uh was the guy leading everything it was a seventh rounder it was a journeyman or not a journeyman running back because jared mckinnon's had a good year but you're just surprised by everything else that you see around the league and i know matt miller right now is getting uh destroyed on twitter for what he's saying but i mean he's not completely wrong that's the way everything has kind of gone if you look at the last few Super Bowl winners, look at the, what the running backs are making. They're not making almost anything. Leonard Fournette, uh, Isaiah Pacheco, all these guys. It's just tough to really pay a running back, especially when you know you have other positions of need. So I understand what's going on uh, with it. I mean, I don't know when we're going to see Josh Jacobs. I don't know when we're going to see uh, um, Barkley. Barkley, yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know when we're going to see him. I know that Tony, I think Tony Pollard will play because this is the first time that he's actually getting paid. So I think he will play. But the other two guys, I wouldn't be surprised if they both take a stand and just leave the season or sit out the year. But it's crazy because you look at it and you're like, Saquon, you got offered a $13 million contract. Like, I would have taken that and ran. And then I saw Derrick Henry's tweet about, oh, people, this is so unfair. Running backs aren't getting paid. I'm like, dude, you're, and Christian McCaffrey, like, you two are the top earners in the NFL. I know the rest of the guys aren't making that much, but you guys are getting your bag. Like, teams have shown you guys that you guys deserve the bag. So, I mean, obviously, it's not for every team, but, uh, my bad. I, I, I went on a whole spiel on it, but, I, if I'm the Chargers, no. Uh, I know Austin does a, a lot of really good things, and and he does a lot of good, uh, a, a lot of good. He's a leader on this team. He does so much for the community, and and because of all those aspects, maybe. But I just think that it's not uh, worth it, especially when you have Justin Herbert coming up. Uh, you have some other pieces that are coming up that are going to need uh, contracts. And hey, I know Rashawn Slater's been in the league for a couple of years now, but he's going to be up in a couple of years. You're going to need to be ready for that. If you want to keep this offensive line, you're going to need, uh, I think Corey Lindsley's a free agent after this year. So there are some pieces there that are going to come up that the Chargers are going to need to tend to. So 
in layman's terms, no, just because I think the offense is going to change. I, I don't think his numbers are going to be the same as they were the last two years. I think Justin Herbert's numbers are going to skyrocket. So I just don't see a, a reason to become, to be completely honest, to pay him. Now, we didn't get a chance to see much of Isaiah Spiller last year because of injury. Does he come into this season 100%? Do you expect to see him be a, an integral part of this offense? I really do, just because he's the guy that nobody's seen. We've seen Larry Roundtree. We've seen Joshua Kelly. We've seen what they do. Joshua Kelly last year got off to a good start. Injury derails him. Other guys, are, are uh, Larry Roundtree a couple of years ago got off to a great start. Injury and, uh, and honestly, bad play from the offensive line as well. Injuries to the offensive line hurt them. But the offensive line, Corey Lindsley said a couple of weeks ago, we need to start opening up uh, holes for the running backs. We need to do better this year when it comes to this because if not, we're not going to be able to have a good run game. So the offensive line now is signed up until next year. I feel like they have a good uh, a good core. I feel like they have a good offensive line. Now it's about can they get guys going? Can they help Isaiah? Spiller get going and I think um, I think uh, getting Kellen Moore in as the offensive coordinator was very smart because we saw exactly the one-two punch with Zeke and uh, and Tony Pollard so I think we're going to see one of these running backs emerge I, Isaiah Spiller the reason why I have him in my opinion, as the guy that could take that over is because we haven't seen what he can do. We saw a little bit in preseason. During the season, Sonny Michelle was the one taking the backup uh, handoffs. So from Isaiah Spiller, maybe he had a, uh, maybe he had 10 to 20 carries in the season, but it wasn't much, and you didn't see much from him. So I, I, I do expect Isaiah Spiller to be one of these guys that competes for that role, and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if he took it. Yeah, I feel like he's the guy too. Now you had mentioned you mentioned Justin Herbert. I'll let Justin with an E talk about Justin with an I. <laughs> Where do you believe he will rank among active quarterbacks? Like uh, after the season? Uh, yeah, sure. We'll go after the season, and I guess yeah, actually, just after the season. Why not? Or you mean right now? Well, I was going to go for both, but we'll okay. we'll do just. I'll after start off season. with right now. Uh, okay. Right now, I think it is. Be honest. Don't be a homer. No, 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 no. Uh, I, I'm going to say Mahomes one, Burrow two. Um, see, I, the other day when we did it on Compass, I ranked, I have him at fourth. Do you put Rodgers ahead of him? No. Okay. No, because I, I like Rodgers, but I think there might be a little bit of a decline there. And it's a new environment, a new, a new everything. He's not Brady in that sense. Like Brady was able to adapt quickly. I don't know if he's going to be able to adapt that quickly. Uh, so hard knocks is going to be interesting. Like I want to put Jalen Hurts there, but I still have questions about him. So I'll probably, I'll, yeah, I'll put Jalen Hurts third. He got him to a Super Bowl. Well, I mean, the defense and, and the running game all obviously did as well, but he made it to a Super Bowl. Then I'll go Herbert. I'll go Allen and then Lawrence. Josh Allen, his style of play, I don't know how much more he can take of that. I just don't like the designed runs. I don't think that's good for the Buffalo Bills to keep on doing that. I don't think it's sustainable. Uh, and I think he's, I mean, everybody's one hit away. We saw it with Justin last year in that week two against Kansas City. But I just think you're putting your quarterback in a tough position. That's how Dak Prescott got hurt in, uh, in Dallas. So I don't like those design quarterback runs. I just think that they're dangerous for a guy like Josh Allen, who the offense depends so much on him. So 
So yeah, that's how that's how I'll go. I'll, I'll I'll put him at fourth. Honestly, guys, the reason why I do, and I know you said don't be a homer, and I'm not <laughs> trying to be, but I've seen this kid from the moment that he stepped in to now, and the way he's grown, the the amount of talent that he has is just incredible. And sometimes I kind of feel like he's been held back in a sense. Like I just think that Joe Lombardi kind of held him back. I know the injury to Jalen Guyton. I know a lot of people are like, Jalen Guyton, who the hell is that? That kind of hurt them last year just because they couldn't go more down the field. I've said it, and I told my co-host this when they first drafted Justin. This guy seems like he, like, it seems like Justin would benefit off of having what Tua Tungavailoa has in Miami. Like, if Justin had Tyreek Hill and Waddle with that arm, I feel like the dude would explode. And I'm not taking away anything from Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Their only problem is that they've been injured. But uh, if you gave him a speedster, like that's why I've been saying they, he needs a, a guy that has speed, that's consistent, that's a playmaker. Jalen Guyton's not that guy. So the addition of Quentin Johnston, I think, is really going to help this offense out a lot. But I'll say uh, Herbert will be fourth. And I think by the end of the season, I think he'll be third. Um, I think Justin's going to be is going to have a huge year this year. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't in the MVP discussions. But I, I think it's a good thing that, that nobody's really talking about the Chargers all that much. In my opinion, I don't think anybody's really talking about them. I don't think there's all this hype because they didn't do anything in free agency. They dra- they only signed two guys, Nick Williams, defensive tackle, and uh, Eric Kendricks, linebacker. So there's not a lot of noise being made from them. They're very quiet. They had a quiet solid draft in my opinion and i don't think a lot of people are talking about them so i think justin is going to be uh i think he's going to be in a good spot i think he solidifies himself as the third best quarterback in the league by the end of the season but if him and burrow play in the playoffs man that would be him and burrow or him and mahomes in the playoffs that'd be so much fun to watch i like that to me would be like the fun that's the fun matchup what those three guys in any matchup i think would be fantastic so i i definitely would love to to see that but i'll say he starts off at fourth this year and i think he makes his way to third by the end of the season wow that was that was a lot of information and yeah my bad (laughs) no no it's all good we love when people go off like that it makes kobe's editing so much easier and you're actually passionate about it so it makes more sense to the point where i'm like is he actually done (laughs) no i mean it's just uh it's interesting to kind of like when he came to when he came into what he is now, it's just night and day. Like I didn't even think he was going to do what he did against Kansas city. That first game, just cause the charge had really held him back in practice. And because it was COVID, like none of us had ever seen anything from him. Like the first time he lined up against the ones he threw a pick six directly at Melvin Ingram. And I'm kind of like, oof. but then I saw, but then I kept, but then I remembered something that offseason, Joey would tell me, Melvin Ingram would tell me, Casey Hayward would tell all the defensive guys would tell me this kid has something. And I'd be like, but how are you guys telling me that? And I'm not seeing it. Like, and then I, I thought about, uh, I thought I'm, I'm going to outdate myself, but in the Santa Claus, Tim Allen, the kid says, seeing is, be- seeing is not believing. You got to believe in something without having to see it or something like that to that effect. So I'm like, okay. So I started like thinking about it. And then when I saw what he did against the Chiefs, I'm like, these guys kept on telling me, like, hey, this kid is good. This kid is so-. like Joey Bosa one of those 
And during training camp, he goes, yeah, I can't wait till Justin's our starter. And somebody goes, well, you guys have Tyrod. Oh, yeah, yeah, we have Tyrod. But when Justin's a starter, like you guys are going to see. And I'm like, and people were just kind of pushing that away. And and now you, you kind of realize and you're like, wow, OK, these guys were literally telling us, hey, guys, this kid can play. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, it was definitely interesting looking back on it now. Maybe that's going to be my book, uh, The Rise of Justin Herbert. Oh, I thought you were going to say looking back on it now. That'll be pretty no, cool no, no, no. <laughs> hey, that that that's my book for down the line for after I'm done with all this. So uh it'll be five copies will go out. One to no offense, one to my mom. I don't want to get into your mommy issues again. Uh one to my mom, one to my uh probably an aunt, an uncle, and those are the five copies. There you go. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say an ex-girlfriend out of spite. No. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I'm not on good standing with almost any of them. So, uh, <laughs> so oh you, yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> BetUS Sportsbook is your ultimate destination for online betting. With sports betting, live betting, racebook, online slots, and online casino. It's available across the U.S. and Canada. Use the code PSP to receive a massive sign-up bonus. Uh, do you think Keenan Allen is still an elite wide receiver? Yes. I just think that injuries uh, hurt him last year. And you could tell he was literally foaming at the mouth to get back. And he tried to come back earlier than what he should have. He yep. re-injured himself. And then he got hurt, I think, once again when trying to come back. And that just really messed him up. So, um, But I think it was... I think him getting hurt kind of helped Justin because it helped him realize like, hey, I need to rely on other receivers. I can't just rely on Keenan and on Mike. I have to try and win. And that's why he took it to San Francisco with Joshua Palmer, Michael Bandy, and uh, DeAndre Carter. Like he he had San Francisco on the ropes uh, until the end of that game. So honestly, it just, it, I think it helped Justin, but going back to Keenan, I, I really do think he is. If you guys saw last year at the beginning of that game against the Raiders, he had four catches for 66 yards, almost the exact same stats that, that Devontae Adams had. He was right there with Devontae Adams. Then he came back and he, and he had really some really good games at the end of the season. So I really do think that Keenan is, uh, because of his style of play, he, he kind of goes the Antonio Gates route where he makes the catch and he doesn't really take the hits that a lot of other receivers take. Keenan kind of saves his body a little bit, which is completely smart because that's how you have longevity. I mean, uh, Antonio Gates played until he was 37, 36, 37 years old, uh, and he still played at a semi-high level at an average to uh, above average level even his last season in the NFL. So, and that's because Gates would catch it and he'd go down or he would make the catch and, and move a couple yards and he'd go out of bounds or stuff like that. So I think Keenan, uh, I think Keenan's kind of built for this to keep on going, keep on going with the speed that he, he plays with. So I don't see any slowing down from Keenan Allen. I actually think that he might be in for, uh, a big year this year. That is a really good answer. Yeah, what I want to go over is you're talking about how things went last year. Who do the Chargers fans actually blame for the wild card collapse against the Jaguars to end the season? <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, I think a lot of people put the blame on Brandon Staley. Oh, 
but also it has to go to Joe Lombardi. I mean, last year, the Chargers were one of the worst teams in the NFL in second half scoring. Why? Because teams would figure out their offense and there was no second half adjustments. Well, now you brought in Kellen Moore, who had the best second half scoring ability because he makes adjustments. He makes changes. Joe Lombardi, for some reason, just wouldn't make those changes. And that's why they they would lose. There were in a lot of these games where they were winning. Like they went into halftime up on Kansas City. They were up on... Uh, they were up on Kansas City twice. They were up on San Francisco. On some of these playoff teams, they were up at one point. And then in the second half, it just all unraveled. In the third quarter, I don't think they scored a touchdown for almost two months straight. Wow. And that is ridiculous. I mean, with Justin Herbert, and I know some of the injuries that they had, but still to not score a touchdown, that's just really uh, absurd. So it's it just uh, it, it's rough to see kind of what happened there uh, with that offense. So I think a lot of fans blame uh, – I think – I think, I mean, if, if I read the fans correctly, it's like some of the blame is on Brandon Staley because, I mean, his defense just completely unraveled in the second half. But most of it, I think, goes on Joe Lombardi because the what and also people blame Brandon for what happened with the whole Mike Williams injury, because I think if Mike Williams plays, that game might have been put completely to bed by halftime because uh, Mike adds a different element that I just think it's hard for cornerbacks to keep up with him. But, but I mean, that's kind of the Chargers mantra, like coulda, woulda, shoulda in a sense, I guess. But, uh, but uh, well, I mean, it is. I mean, if Marlon McCree would have gone down against the Patriots, the Chargers would have won that Super Bowl. If Antonio Gates and LT wouldn't have gotten hurt in that 2007 run, maybe they beat the un, uh, the unbeaten Patriots and they play the Giants and you get Phillip Rivers against Eli Manning. And if uh, this wouldn't have happened in 2009, maybe they can make it. I mean, it's yeah. just like that's kind of that's kind of been a, a thing, a theme for them in a sense. Um, but yeah, I think most of the blame goes on Joe Lombardi and then some of the blame also goes on Brandon Staley from a fans, from what I've noticed on social media from fans. Is Staley's job in jeopardy if they don't show up this year? Um, I think so. Just because I think he signed a four year contract. This would be the last year or this is, this is the like next year unless he signed because a couple of years ago the chargers with anthony lynn he signed a one-year extension after their playoff run the year a couple of years before that mike mccoy signed an extension a uh, one year after his playoff run so i, I don't know maybe brandon hasn't because i mean they didn't win a playoff game but uh, I really do think that Brandon needs a good year this year. I think they need to win at least one playoff game because, I mean, honestly, I think him and Tom Telesco are a joint package now. And I think if, if one of them's fired, I think it has to be both of them just because this would be Tom's third head coaching fire. And it's kind of like, well, you need something there. So, yeah, I, I do. I don't know. Cause I mean, the thing is too, Brandon's won his first two years. Like, I know nine and seven's not, uh, or nine and eight. Nine and eight isn't a good look, but he still won last year. There were, uh, they improved every year that he's been here. They've improved, but I do think that they need to make the playoffs for Brandon to, uh, to feel good about his job. But, but I don't necessarily, like if he went nine and eight again and they missed the playoffs. I don't know if he would get fired just because it's another winning season. And it's like, well, how can we let which fans get mad at? Because they're like, we let Marty go after fourteen and two, yeah. but that was because of the, but that was because of the all the problems that AJ Smith and Marty Schottenheimer had. But and it's funny because I've talked to former players from that squad, and they said we let the wrong man go. We should they should have left 
let AJ Smith go and keep uh, Marty Schoenheimer. We would have won Super Bowls, this, that. But unfortunately, uh, the Spanos is sometimes side more with the general manager than they do with the head coach. But yeah, I think if I think if uh, if he has another winning season, I think they try and keep him one more year. But definitely, he is kind of teetering a little bit just because I think the view around the NFL on him has kind of flipped upside down since his first year to kind of now. Okay, and what's your expectation for the Chargers this this season? Um. I think them flying under the radar is a good thing. I think their schedule to end the season is very tough. I think their schedule, I mean, honestly, you uh, you kind of have a murderer's row there at the end. The only thing is you only have to go to one cold climate place, which is, well, actually two. Um, you go to New England. Then This is the month of December. You go to New England. You come back against the Broncos. On a short week, you go to the Raiders. You got the Bills here on Saturday Night Football. Then you go to Denver for the second to last game, and then you end at home against the Chiefs. So, I mean, at the beginning, the Chargers have to get off to a hot start. I mean, you face the Dolphins here at home. Then you go to the Titans. Then you go to the Vikings. You play the Raiders. Then the Cowboys. Then at Kansas City. And then, oh no, the bye week is earlier than that. But basically, it was saying like at the bye week, they sh- if they're four and oh, three and one, you're in a good spot. If leading up to that December, you have a winning record going into this, I mean, because honestly, the, the two hardest games out of the beginning of their schedule are against the Chiefs and the Jets, and that's going to the Jets and that's going to the Chiefs. Uh, I know the Ravens are going to be tough, but at least you're at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the Bears coming here, you have the Lions coming here. So it is a tough schedule, but. I think that with the additions that they've made in the draft and uh, Eric Hendricks, I think, is a better run stopper than Drew Tranquil. Um, So I I think with some of the additions that they made, I think the Chargers do end up making uh, a playoff push. And uh, I think they should make the playoffs. Uh, If not, I mean, it's it's not a good look. But I think with all the talent that they have, I think they should at least uh, make the playoffs and and um for their sake i mean win one maybe two games but i just don't I, i'm just gonna say they make the playoffs i don't know about that because i need to see the rest of the teams but uh, as of right now i think they i think they have a winning record and they make the playoffs even though it's a tough afc okay so as far as their first round pick quentin johnson goes how much of an impact do you think he makes in his first season <laughs> see i've gotten kind of carried away with this guy because i see him and i see unique talent i see something different with him and i've kind of said that i think teams are going to hone in on mike and keenan so much that this kid's going to come open and i said it on a podcast i'm like i'm i wouldn't be surprised if he had a thousand yards and they're like are you serious i'm like i don't know if this kid is as talented as what derwin james see that's another thing i'm getting all these defensive players telling me that quentin johnston is really good and it's the same thing. So this has been my kind of my my thing the last few years. So I was told that Justin Herbert was good. Then the year after that, I had Joey Bosa telling me, watch out for Rashawn Slater. And then Rashawn Slater ends up being good. So I keep on. So, uh, so I mean, this year it's Quentin Johnston that everybody keeps on saying. All the defensive players keep on saying, watch out for Quentin Johnston. So um, I, I think he's going to have a big impact. I really do think that the Chargers have one of the best receiving cores in the NFL. And I, I really do think that the kid's going to explode. And uh, I think he's going to take some uh, some people by surprise. I think a lot of people are kind of low on him because I think he uh, he had a couple of drops. 
uh, and stuff, but that's stuff that you can fix. And then uh, I know his route running was a little bit of a concern too, but I mean, okay, you're catching you. That's something you can work on. Then here you're literally with one of the best route runners in the NFL. You're learning from him. And that's what we saw at minicamp. Every time Quentin Johnson would walk off the field, he would go straight to Keenan Allen. He would go to Mike Williams. He'd go to Justin Herbert. He'd start talking to them. He'd start pointing out different things. They'd start pointing out things to him. He'd be like, okay, so if I break, what way should I do it? And Keenan would be like, you do this or you do that. And so it was pretty interesting to see kind of him uh, pick their brains. And he said, I want to be a sponge. I want to learn. I want to... I want to get better. So uh, it was definitely interesting to see him do that. But I think he's going to I think he'll have a strong rookie year, to be completely honest. I think he he fell into the right situation. He gets to learn from both Keenan and Mike. And uh, I really do think that he he could be a, a big impact player, especially with Kellen Moore calling the plays and with Justin as a quarterback. I, I think that this uh, I think he's going to be better than what some people and some draft analysts thought. Do you play fantasy, Fernando? Just with friends, but I don't take it as seriously as like what other people do. Like, I just do it kind of for the for just giggles and stuff. I mean, just just to mess with my friends and stuff. And that's the only reason I don't really take it all that seriously like some people do. Okay, is Quentin Johnson a late round flyer for you? Oh, definitely. I I I would definitely um I would definitely pick him up just because you just never know what uh what can happen with him and and he could and he could be the guy i mean you never know with mike and keenan and some of their injury history i mean quentin could be called upon and he might take over and he might be this guy that just flies all over the field so i I would definitely i mean a late rounder i would definitely uh take him late um if you could i mean that that might be a sneaky good pick that uh comes back to help your team uh, later in the season right on you guys heard it here first yes they did um pro sports podcasters all right fernando before we get you out of here we have a couple silly last questions for you number one have you ever had a poutine before a what a poutine like vladimir poutine (laughs) that's definitely definitely a no (laughs) no so it's a canadian dish it's uh fries gravy and cheese curds is the oh yes i have yes i have yes i have yes i have yeah yeah yeah. i have had that that's really good uh i had that at a local sports bar so during the world cup my buddies and i we would get up at four four in the morning and we'd go to bars and stuff and go watch all the games even if it was two whatever teams i'd still go watch it and everything and uh, a bar that i was at i think one of the chefs was from canada and it's on the menu oh my god it's i mean i've never had it in canada Mm -hmm. but i had it here and i thought it was it's a like one of the best things one of the best appetizers i've had it's a it's so simple too uh over in canada we have it as like an art form so you can get it with like pulled pork kobe puts bacon on his one my friends instead of gravy uses like melted cheese on top of their cheese so you both are from canada and live in canada correct oh wow thank you for the maple syrup you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Now, to further this, I'm going to blow your mind again. And you guys don't say A. That's interesting. No, I'm yeah. Just we, we, we suppress <laughs> it around our American friends. <laughs> After this, Kobe and I are going to spend six hours talking about hockey and the upcoming draft picks. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. That, that must be your guys' bread and butter then. <laughs> For the most, that and curling as well. Ah, oh. Which, there no joke, Curly and I watch curling almost religiously when it's on. But moving forward. <laughs> Have you ever had a beaver tail before? A what? A beaver tail. No. So that is a 
dessert in Canada where it's basically deep fried dough that's like been stretched out. It's almost like a waffle kind of deal, except okay. imagine a waffle deep fried. But uh, you can add different things to it like Nutella and peanut butter, or you can get like a strawberry pie flavored version or just whatever you want. And it's absolutely So it's amazing. like a donut. Or like uh, my bad, you said a waffle. My bad. Okay, yeah. But you're you're kind of right though. You're you're kind of so like right. if a donut and a waffle had a baby, that's it. Bingo. Basically, wow. <laughs> that sounds like heaven on earth. Yeah, dude, I'm on, a, I'm on a diet, and you're over here <laughs> feeding me all this crap of literally feeding me this stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. Just, I'm trying to. I'm trying to get the weight off before training camp. <laughs> man, I'm just telling you about it. Whether you decide to come to Canada and buy some is up to you. I need to go to Toronto. I uh, see. I'm single. I need to go to Toronto. I heard Toronto's happening, man. Toronto's happening. Yeah, uh, that's what I keep on hearing. We have a huge Latin scene down here. Like more people speak Spanish than French. Where do you guys live? I'm in Toronto, dead like dead center of the city. Wow. Okay. Yeah. If I ever go to Toronto, I'll, I'll definitely DM you guys because I I de- I do want to go. I think it'd be sick. And I keep on hearing that like athletes and all these different people like when they go to New York, like they go to Toronto because they say Toronto's off the hook. Yep. Yeah, we couldn't keep Kawhi though because it gets a little cold here and his hands wouldn't fit in the pockets. <laughs> they were too long. Hey, he won you guys a chance. You know, it's funny. You guys must feel like like the smartest people in the world. I mean, literally, like he leaves, he comes to the Clippers, and he's just not the same player as he was. But he won you guys a chance. Like he won Toronto a championship. Yeah. And then he comes over here and he's just not the same player. He's, I heard he like, uh, so I live in San Diego. He lives in San Diego as well. Like, about 30 minutes north of me and sometimes he'll just like practice at four o'clock he'll call it three hey i'm not coming like <laughs> i'm like dang like he doesn't even live in la like he drives from San- he has a driver drive him from san diego to to downtown la that's a pain in the butt especially around that time with all that traffic no thank you but my bad <laughs> yeah, yeah that- go ahead my bad i was gonna say Stephen a smith is not a fan of his Oh, <laughs> yeah, but I still remember there was an earthquake the night that uh, here in San Diego and in L.A., the night that he signed with the Clippers, uh, there was a big earthquake. And like as soon as the earthquake happened, like everybody got the alert. Oh, because everybody thought he was going to the Lakers and yeah. uh, he ends up signing with the Clippers and everybody's like, oh, what the hell? And then the Clippers, obviously, 10 minutes later, trade for PG uh, for Paul George. So. Everybody was writing – everybody Everybody already had – the Clippers had already won three championships by the time they had uh, traded for Paul George. But unfortunately, unfortunately for them, it's played on the court, not in free agency. That's exactly it. But you guys are getting a new stadium with the most toilets. So that's something you guys can flaunt. Where? Oh, and uh, oh, no, the Clippers. I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not a Clipper fan at all. Like, I'm not – oh, I'm bad, neutral. You know what? Growing up, I was a, a huge Kobe. Like, Kobe was my guy. Like, he, oh, yeah. he was he was the guy. Like, honestly, like, anytime I hear anybody say mama mentality, I'm like, oh, there's my uh, – even if I don't know them, I'm like, oh, my guy or my girl or this and that and that. Just because, like, that's always been my thing. Like, in school, like, teachers used to get mad because I do presentations and I'd be like, mama mentality – Kobe, this, that. My teacher would be like, can you stop doing it about Kobe? I'm like, no. I'm no, like, man. mom mentality. So <laughs> I'm all about it. So, uh, but yeah, no, definitely. You know what's funny? I think toilets is a very underrated thing, especially uh, in media. Like, 
you want to you want nice toilets when you go to a uh, an away stadium to go cover a game and everything. So yeah. You know what? If if Microsoft Arena or whatever the hell they're gonna call it has nice toilets, wow! I can't wait to maybe go to that uh, to that stadium one day and cover a game. Because if they have nice toilets, there you go. That's that's a winner for me. That's what we need in life. Now, Fernando, before we get you out of here, let our fans know where they can find you on social media. Uh, you guys can find me on. And it's so many now. Uh, it is Twitter. Instagram, TikTok, and Thread at Real Left Ramirez. You can find me on all four of those at Real Left Ramirez. I'm trying to step up my TikTok game. I'm going to try and do some cool stuff during training camp. Twitter, obviously. I haven't really been on it. I mean, I haven't really used it as much just because... Elon took away my uh, took away my blue check mark, so I'm like, what's the point? <laughs> uh, <laughs> threads, I still don't get. I, I under it just looks like a bootleg version of uh, Twitter, and then Instagram's chill, but I kind of use more. I, I don't really use that for work as much as I do for like like kind of personal stuff and like, oh hey, my aunt's on there, so I'll post like me at a game or something. I don't know, just. You know how that goes. It's like, it's kind of taking over Facebook in a sense. Like all, now all your relatives are on El Instagram. Yeah. So, uh, so definitely that's how they say it down in Mexico. So El Instagram, I'm all, I'm on all four of those. So yeah, definitely check it out. And, and again, you guys keep on listening to this because it's definitely a fun show. And if you have mommy issues, you too can one day get over them. <laughs> Just like Justin with an E has tried to get over them. Right on, buddy. <laughs> All right, good to have you on, Fernando. That was awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcast's experience, where no sport is left behind.